Paris Insider Outsiders, the English language podcast where we talk with Parisians about their lives. My name is Jeremy Nathaniel Ng, and I am a Paris Insider Outsider. I had been developing the show for some time in my head, and the concept came to me in a few different ways. I had heard about this thing called the Paris Syndrome. I'm not going to describe it in complete detail here. Feel free to read about it on the internet. I actually do recommend uh, reading about it. It's quite a curious phenomenon but I will paraphrase it for you. So there were uh, a series of Japanese tourists that would come to Paris and they were coming with like the absolute highest expectations you could possibly have. And upon their arrival, they are met with an altogether different welcoming. The city is not what they had expected. And this grand deception resulted for the tourists in a crazy list of afflictions. Things like delusional states, hallucinations, feelings of persecution. Things that I believe could have otherwise been avoided. This is an extreme case, I know, but the world often has this picture of Paris with a striped shirt, baguette guy playing an accordion on every corner. And while you can certainly find baguette guy in Paris, it's not super rare, the city's actually got much more to it than that. It's got more depth than that. But on the other hand, the city can also be quite dirty, the people a bit unfriendly and unpleasant, and it's also kind of loud and noisy, as you might hear in the background. I'm recording this from my office. Bear with me there. And I want to say that the show is not just about complaining because I really do love this city and I believe that we owe it more than just the phony perception that is often had. I want to let Baguette Mime Guy out of his imaginary box. And one of the goals of this podcast is to give a more concrete, more contextualized glimpse into what the city is like presenting it without embellishment and in a sincere way. And I think that that is like 10 times more engaging than whatever junk you're going to find in a souvenir shop. Today we have a discussion with Ibrahim, a.k.a. Dirty. I met Dirty a few times prior to doing the interview, but I had heard about him a long time before those encounters he had spent a few years in Chicago, and our degrees of separation were minimal, but I, de I never met him there. I met him here in Paris. When I saw for real what he's about, the way which he lives his life, I, it was like a holy shit, man. This guy's for real. His story is a fascinating one, uh, notably, and I'm quoting here, his will to live life like a free man. 
and this often might clash with social norms. But nonetheless, no one can say that he doesn't live life like he wants to. And I believe that there is an important lesson to be learned from that. On this premiere episode, we talk about suburb life in Paris, skateboarding, uh, squatting, and catacombs. At this moment, I will state that we do not encourage going into the catacombs of Paris, nor any other illegal activity. If you go into the catacombs, you risk being arrested or fined, and above all, getting lost, and everything bad that comes with that. Uh, maybe you should check out that shitty movie, the shitty horror movie they made about a year ago about it. It's not a place you want to get lost in. You might get murdered by a demon. There is a city-sanctioned version that is actually quite worth checking out, and I do recommend it if you ever do come to Paris. I really hope you enjoy the interview as much as I did doing it. Ibrahim is just so fascinating to me. And stay tuned at the end. I'll be back with postscript notes. Enjoy. Bonjour. Bienvenue. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Jeremy Nathaniel Ng. With me, as always, is Leah Goodmanson. Good evening. And this is the first installment of Paris Insider Outsiders. With us today is Ibrahim, a.k.a. Dirty. Hello, what's up? Yeah. And he is here. Well, uh, you can go ahead and begin. Tell us about yourself. Uh, where are you from? Yeah, I'm from Earth. Born on Earth and living on Earth. Okay. And where do you live now? On Earth still. <laughs> okay. We have a, a sh kind of shared connection because originally I'm from Chicago, Chicago. And you've spent some time there, right? No doubt. Yeah. Can you tell me about the time you spent there? Uh, it was just time of my life. Yeah, when was this? I was like from 97 to 2001. Like four years. And what brought you there? Uh, uh, cops, police. <laughs> I was in holidays in New York for like a few days, and the cops came a couple of times in my house, in my mother's house back in the days. I was like, fuck that. I started in New York for like almost over a year. Then I moved to Chicago to meet up with some friends. One guy, we call it Junebug, he told me like, just come on, you have a place. Yeah, stay there like two years, then move around, I come back and stay there. Long story short. <laughs> yeah, and how did you, how did you get connected with that? Cause so, so a little bit more information. Uh, Junebug is involved in, uh, with a skateboarding shop uh, called Uprise, which Uprise. I know quite well because I grew up with them. And yeah, how did you make that connection? That's a fucking long story again. Sorry for the first words. Uh, yeah, I met Junebug like, uh, back in 92 or 3 in Paris. He came with his girlfriend back in there. I forget her name right now. But he came with his girlfriend. We met up uh, with my girlfriend in some parties in the club in Paris. And then we hung up with us like 
praying much for the vacation. And he came back, he came back again, <laughs> back again. And he always told me, like, anytime you come in America, just come to Chicago, it's your house too. And that's it, pretty much. And how did, what did you think about it? How was the experience for you? Chicago? Yeah. Love, life. And I'm just tired to be in Paris now. <laughs> Were you, were you born here, in, here in Paris? Yeah, around Paris in suburbs. All right then. And now, can you tell me about, uh, tell me about your life now? What are you involved in? Well, right now, I stopped to work like a couple of years ago. I don't get money for anything. I don't want money in my pockets. I live with a free life with no money, no environment in really some stuff like I have obligation to wake up and do stuff. I just live life like a free man every day. I have a daughter, she's like nine years old. She's Parolu, Mitsumai, she's half Japanese. I'm half Senegalese, half Mother Malgash, Mother Madagascar. Madagascar. And born in France, but I've never been represented, even Senegal or Madagascar or even France. I think I'm more representing Chicago <laughs> every day, all day. So, but you grew up uh, in and around Paris, though. Yeah, in suburbs, like uh, beside, like after the wall of Paris, where every like scrubs live, is where I grew up. Was like no future. Supposed to do the same thing like the other one did, but I didn't do that. I found a skateboard one day in my life and changed my life. Yeah, and how how was it though? Can you tell us more about that experience uh, growing up in that environment? Everybody loved football everywhere. Which suburbs was it? Trap. This is like one of the worst suburbs. <laughs> it's like uh, how we call it, capital city of crime. <laughs> of France, Trap City, 78, représente 199, 900. Voilà, Trap, c'est is my city where I come from. It's a lot of love, lots of people, really smart, but no future, like no. How you say? Horizon, no, I don't know this word, but you, like, every day is the same day, you just like still falling down. It's no future somewhere. And you said that when you found this you found the skateboard and what was that like? Changed my future. I was dreaming about skateboarding before I have a skateboard. And since I have my skateboard changed my life. Uh, I speak English now since I've been skateboarding. I travel the world. Almost die, meet my wife, have a baby squatting, catacombs, whatever. All my life changed. I've been not here speaking if it wasn't about my skateboard. I've been still in trap, chilling on the bench, sitting ashes, and talking shit to a girl or some people. And be maybe in jail or die dead. Uh, fuck that. I've been skateboarding. It's cool. <laughs> What was skateboarding like uh, at this time in, in Paris? I was... When, when was this exactly? Uh, I started skateboarding like when I was six years old. It's been like 
fairly four years I've been skateboarding. I'm 40 since like six, seven months ago. Like 46 months, years I've been skateboarding. Sorry, since I'm six years old and I have accident, I broke my shit and been in jail or whatever. No, I don't get damaged, but when I get on my skateboard, I still riding sometimes. <laughs> Pump some shit up with pop. I try, best try it, then say no. All right, so you mentioned catacombs. Can you explain to people, people that might not know, what is that like? Because there really is an entire subculture involved around this. I can make a little big, big story about the catacombs. Let's take it small. Uh, catacombs is like huge maze under Paris. It's like 300 kilometers of galleries under Paris. It's been like here before really Paris been existing. And it's illegal to be there. But a lot of we call it catafis been like hanging there, doing stuff, like digging more galleries to check some other place and get this shit bigger, this maze. And the thing is like no law, no police, no obligation, no rules. And that's a freedom for me because I hate friends. I'm born in France, France had me, <laughs> hey, France, I love Chicago. <laughs> and since I'm stuck in France, the, my only relief is the catacombs. We have been like going down like crazy, like too much. Now I'm like trying to not go to the catacombs because I know when I get in, I never get out. Because it's like a paradise for me in Paris. That's the only paradise I find somewhere. I always get bored sometimes. Or some other shit, but... When did you first... When was your first trip in the catacombs? Um, first trip, it was like um, 2007, I think. Uh, it was a bet with some friends for my birthday because I don't like to have people give me presents. I prefer give presents to people. And one of my friends, like all skateboarder friends I have, is the Goonies crew, represent. And I was like, fuck that. My present is gonna be like, I gonna go to the catacombs with you because we've been like, asking me to come with them like for years. I was like, fuck that. I don't go there. It's like skinhead, it's dark, it's like rats, it's stink. I'm never gonna get in the catacombs with you. And for uh, this bed, finally after uh, like a couple months, the bed was like, if I don't get down over there, you get like, as, like, uh, call me a fucking faggot. <laughs> and always like speaking on internet, on phone, like, yeah, hey, one fucking goodbye, faggot. Nah. And after like three uh, months, I was like, okay, let's go to the catacombs. I got in, it was like, Man, that's cool. Like, yeah, everybody said that, we never came back. Since, and there. And we don't go down that much no more. How long did you stay for that first trip? Uh, I think like almost 24 hours. Yeah. 
It was pretty cool. What was the first experience like for you? Uh, freedom, breathing, no hustle, no hassle, hassle. Did you liked it Im immediately? Straight up. Yeah. I lost all my friends. Like after five minutes, I got <laughs> in. I lost all my friends. <laughs> I stood with the like main guy, the guide, mm -hmm. but he didn't know where we were supposed to go. Did I he have a map? Yeah, but yeah. The, the thing is like, each map we have name for each room, and mm. some guys we make maps, we are friends with the guy who did the rooms before, or the guy who redo the room after, change the name. Mm -hmm. It's been like different maps have different names for rooms. And the name we were looking for was like Salle des Fêtes, like the party room. And on the map of my guide, of my friend, it was like a Salle des Cochons, the pig's room. Uh, party room, pig's room is not the same shit. Uh, I was looking for the party room, but it wasn't on this map. It's like, I don't know, like almost 300 rooms or 400 rooms. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for all the rooms and you can find the name. It's like, man, it's like crazy. I've been going on before everybody and I don't know that room. And we stay like for two or three hours together, listening some music. I do some video for my daughter. She was like six months. I was like, well, you're going to be 18 years old. You want to see this video? Your papa love you. <laughs> I'm stuck in the catacomb. Maybe you're going to find me. <laughs> And my friend was like, yeah, you never gonna come back. I did come back. And since I'm the guy, like when I see them underground, they're like, man, you gotta get out. So after that first experience, the, you started to go more, or how did it progress from there? I did progress. Uh, the first night, I uh, did come out with my friends. I was like, oh shit, that was dope. And they give me, Everything like the booths, the lights, the hammock, the hammock, and like everything. I didn't have shit. Like, you come over with us, I give this, 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 the backpacks, the waterproof backpack, and shit. I was like, cool. But in the weeks there, I was like, shit, I gotta go back in the shit. Why can't I get a backpack, the boots, the lights, the, the gloves? I want everything. I, I need to go back next weekend. Everything me the next weekend. The third weekend, I was like, yeah, I need to go back. No, I got all my shit. It's the best day of this guy. I know from Graffiti World, Smoker, FCA, Represent, GT, aussi. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to get down with what you. And like, oh, man. We don't choose to go underground every fucking weekend, man. We tired, we all like you. <laughs> we you're lucky you've been like down like two times in the month. We go down like maybe once some months. Like, man, I can go down. I'll be fun like a young kid like almost sixteen to bring me down to do my guy. And then I meet some other guys from Graffiti World, Bad Boys, whatever, Young Kids, Bourgeois. And since I've been going down by myself after the third time. <laughs> All alone. All alone. 
What's the longest amount of time you've spent in the catacombs? Uh, one day I was uh, going to a birthday from a friend I know. Mm. Yeah, I was bored. It was the 24th of June, 2012. I did go to the birthday late, like always. Did the body. Everybody got out. I'm like, cool, now I got the catacombs all for myself. All by myself. <laughs> Finally, all these fuckers are out. I got all the galleries for me. I got all the rules for me. I can share. It's cool. And the project was like Saturday, Sunday night, everybody get out pretty much. The last ones. Now I got the Sunday night till the Monday, I'm chilling. Now it's Monday, I'm like, oh, it's like 27 now. Yeah, it's almost July. Let's go for the first of July. Then it's July. Fuck that. I got shit to do for the fucking summer. I got no money, no place to go. My daughter is in Japan. Fuck that. I gonna stay in the catacombs. I gonna stay till the first of August. And the cops came. Every week, like, what's up, dirty? You still here? You gonna go out? Yeah, the first of August. Every week. Man, why you came to wake me up when I start to sleep? Oh, man. They were like, yeah, we didn't see you. You didn't see us. Just kidding. You have water, you have food, you're all okay. You know, like, dang. Okay. After the first of August, Check me again. I'm like, man, you said the first of August. I'm like, fuck that. I got shit to do for August. I got to stay to the first of September now. I did spend like exactly 72 days, nights, nights, 72 nights, 73 days. Wow. Underground. But I did go out like pretty much almost every day to get some water, some mm. shit, some sun. Vitamin C, because like, if you don't drink, you can die in three days. If you don't eat, you can live for life. But if you don't drink, you can die in three days. If you walk a lot, you can die in two days. If you don't take vitamin D, like the light on your skin, or eat it with some fruits or something, vegetables, sorry. You can die in like, an hour day, almost. It's like nothing that important to know when you're in survival mode, you have nothing, only a backpack. The backpack you bring for one night, <laughs> it gonna stand for like 72 days. And when I left this 72 days, I had like three backpacks, two curry bags, too much shit to carry. I could get out with all my stuff. Hmm. Yeah, I came with nothing. I'm better in catacomb, chilling by myself than being in the street and be hustling. 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 Hustled by some, some people. <laughs> Shane is not a uh, packet. Uh, some candles, couple lighters, and a few batteries my light and shit. Nothing else than my backpack, small backpack. Yes, the 72 there and left with like three backpacks, two carry bags and some other shit. 
from IGSA, the police, and shit, and so. And in between that, in 72 days, I did add, in March, one kilometers of carries more. I've been digging ah, okay. with some friends. We dig to access some place. It's called La Visitation. Is under a, a coven. A coven. And the owner of the coven is the Vatican. They <laughs> did dig under the coven of the Vatican <laughs> in Paris. He had like one kilometer, 200 meters of galleries with visitation. And nobody from catacombs never put any feet over there. I was one of the first to put my feet over there and find some shit too. It took me like three weeks with my friends to dig, all by hands, no motors, no electricity. And we did like the uh, longest dig in the catacombs. Hmm. That was a good occupation. It's still open, still visitable. <laughs> what about while you were in the catacombs, like the longest amount of time without seeing another human? No, in in catacombs, there's no times. Like, right. Yeah, I don't have watch. You don't watch the time because it's no day, no, no, no night. Yeah, night. Yeah, sometimes it's night. There's always night. Then it's no day. It's always night. It's no time because it's always the same temperature. Every weeks, months, years, it's going to be the same temperature, the same light, it's dark, no noise, no movement. Besides weekend where all the kids and people mm -hmm. fucked up doing shit, but weeks then, stuff is moving. It's just dead. I love dead people. <laughs> yeah, did you see many ghosts? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> I'm a witch doctor <laughs> from family for years. Uh, that's why I like the battle catacombs. I don't have all the all the this material things about the world. Like you can think about that in the catacombs. I got things about nothing. Just feel free and in the dark with no noise. I can feel the hair breathing. I can feel the soul still around us because in the catacombs we have like six million fucking peoples in bones uh, in the catacombs. That's not the word, but in the catacombs we have like six million people for clean all the cemeteries around Paris, mm -hmm. inside Paris. It's mean like it's more like people, almost more people dead, bones, in the catacombs than people living in Paris. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I feel better living with the dead people. <laughs> so you found it peaceful. You were you weren't lonely. Never. Never lonely. Never lonely. <laughs> Even if I don't have drinks, water, food, cigarettes. I'm still better than outside 
goal with police around me, people trying to sell me some shit. I better be a phone ringing in town. No, with nothing, no time, no money, no need. What do you think? What are the best things that you got out of it? The long I've I've been to the catacombs. The longest I've spent is one day, and mm. even at that point, daytime or nighttime, it was both. Went in night. Are you were together. Uh, have we been together? One, one. time, yeah. yeah. But I've been was, a few times also. Yeah. It was the guide, your guide, and it was a crazy Russian guy. Oh, Nico. Yeah. Nico, shit. <laughs> Nikolai. Yeah. yeah, and this guy, I love it. This guy is dope. He always has vodka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but even after a short time, though, because you're right. There, I mean, exactly. There is no light. You can't. I mean, you can look at your watch, but it doesn't have much meaning. It's illegal to check the watch. Yeah. If some people ask you, what time is it? You're like, it's night. Or oh, day or night and day. I don't have watch. <laughs> so after you got out of the catacombs for that long stint, what what happened next? What happened next? When the, the day I decided to get out, it was like because the next day my daughter was supposed to go in school for uh, you call it like high school. Yeah, I want to be there for the high school first day. Yeah, I didn't have chance to go there. Then I didn't have shit to do. I did go stiff to a friend's couch for like a couple months. And then some friends like, yeah, come to my squad. And since I live in the squad. Well, what, what brought you into that, that world? The squad? Yeah. Ah, it's crazy world. A lot of drunk people, always. Some of the shit too. But it's uh, like family, where to live out of the society. With like pretty much almost no rules, but rules of the society remake the good way or bad. Sorry. But uh, squat is cool. In Paris, when you live in Paris, you don't have money to eat, to pay your fucking flat. Now, if you pay the flat, you don't have money to eat. If you pay the money to eat, uh, to drink, or party, you don't have money for your flat. You're in the street. How you got to work all time and never enjoy your life. Squat is like enjoying your life every day when you wake up until you sleep. Even when you sleep, you're enjoying your life. You know, I spend no money for electricity, water, pretty much food too, and enjoying your life. And how do you find the spaces? Uh, looking at the windows when I ride my bike or my skateboard, sometimes in some years. <laughs> you look at the windows, you see dust. You're like, what the fuck is this building? Is nobody's cleaning the windows? You check it again, still does. Check in the day and night. Then you decide to find a way to get in. When you have your way to get in, then it's pretty much your house already. 
Are you always doing it as a communal thing, or is it can it be solo? You can do it solo, but it's dangerous because maybe somebody else can do the same things you do, and you be by yourself, and maybe a few of them. You mentioned before that you organize an event. How does that go? Uh, which event? The event of today is in my new house. It's like a military police office with apartments, five floors, apartments. We have two apartments, five floors. In my apartment, I live with one guy. He's like a famous guitarist in France. He plays like for like rock and roll, hardcore groups called Le Fofora. It's huge in France. And that's my only roommate. I got like full floor. We have two extra rooms. We have a nice kitchen. I have barbecue on the, how you say, like terrasa. Uh, we're chilling. We have hot water. We have shower. We have bathroom. We have electricity. We have internet. You mentioned some something about rules. How do you establish these? What rules are they, first of all? And, and is it total? Um, are these shared rules, or do you come up with them? Uh, pretty much every people when they start to live in squad or catacombs, people we have like some uh, some problems with the society, with the rules. They try to be uh, outlaws, uh, out of the rules, and they don't want like have rules, but we bring rules somehow. But everybody have his rules, and we all not always connect together. It's been like we get like understand rules of someone. Pretty much respect. Mm. We have respect each other somehow. Like sometimes people don't sleep at night, some over sleep at days. Same guys. But we are just respect. I respect your rules. When your rules take over my life, can respect mine too. And that's it. We don't have to go in judgment, cause the lawyers to set up the shit up. Just to speak and understand each other and respect. You have a radio station. Yeah. Can you tell a little bit about the history of that? Ah, uh, it started all about Chicago. I was all by myself in Chicago. All my friends. Uh, pretty much somewhere else, in Traverse City, Michigan, Wisconsin, Green Bay and shit. Uh, I was by myself, I have no family, real family in Chicago. Yeah, I was by myself, my uh, roommate was out. I didn't know what to do. I was like gigging on computers and shotcast. First internet system to broadcast audios on the internet was coming up and I was like, I got on that shit because I, when I was young I learned and I saw this movie it's called Pop Up the Volume with Justin Slater. Pirate Radio. Pirate Radio. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's my life. I won't do that. No, I know skateboarding. No, I won't do Pirate Radio. <laughs> It was long times 
right in my mind, I'm going to do a radio somehow. And this 24th December of 99, I decided to start to make this radio. But rap and hip hop, well, back in the day it wasn't rap really, it was mostly hip hop. And after that, I learned like how to do a website to around a couple of shit, and since my radio been running since 99, always called EP Radio at the first call from my clothing clothes, I started from a big crew from La Défense, Paris représente les skaters de La Défense, a big crew from La Défense called EP. After this radio called EP, you know, it's syndicated hip hop because I put live show from all over the place, worldwide, anytime, anywhere. You can listen live DJs, mostly from Chicago, but from other places too. France, Belgium, Croatia. With no money, no other. Uh, do you have any uh, future projects? Because I mean, we, we've only met a few times, and this is probably the first time for real. Because Paris is, uh, Paris, okay, it's a, it's a very rich city. Uh, when you look at it from the outside, it's very touristy. People come from all over, and there's a very romanticized image of it. On the other hand, there is something that people don't see or choose not to see. And, well, you look on the streets in Paris, you see lots of people without homes. On the other hand, there are tons of occupied sp unoccupied spaces. So you're involved, uh, I guess you could say, liberating these kinds of spaces with the squats or whatever. Do you have any kind of future projects or would, do you have any plans to do with it? Yeah. Make money, move to Chicago, back to Chicago. <laughs> no, my real project in life is to be happy every day. And don't fuck with people around me, respect them, and that's my real project. And share my truth and learn about other peoples and connect everyone together. Because I know six degrees of separation is truth. And we can all connect and have the same minds. Mind something can have the same idea and moving forward all together if we respect each other. Yeah, no, like if we find in ourselves to understand each people around us, you know, respect that because we don't compete by ourselves until we die. We have family, we have brothers, we have friends, we have neighbors, we have just bodies. But we're all together. We breathe the same air, we have the same numbers of bones, liters of blood, and we're all gonna die one day. Fuck it. Let's live together. That's my project, to connect everybody together. That's why everybody know me, somehow. <laughs> <laughs> That's my project. <laughs> So your radio station, can you send it a, a shout out again so that people can know? Syndicated, syndicated, syndicated hip hop radio.
on Google, First Radio, First Link, or syndicated hip hop, you find me. I'm all over the place. Tuning, Southcast, all over the place. I've been there for like 99, 16, 17 years. 17 years running that shit. Everybody know me around on the web radios. I've been working all over the place. I got DJ all over the world, always live. Sometimes it's just like repeat, rediffusion, but always good hip hop, no hat, no bullshit. And I never gonna ask you to like pay shit for listening music. Music is free. I like my voice right now. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for coming. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, it's great. It was a pleasure. Thank you. That finishes up our show with Ibrahim, a.k.a. Dirty. A few things came to mind after listening to the interview. Living in these cities, these large cities, uh, which are very dense, and where space is such a commodity, it's really astonishing just how much a square meter can cost. Being able to look within the city, to work within the restraints, searching out space, wherever it may be, is one of the most exciting and admirable things I think that Dirty does. The kind of reappropriation of a space to his own means. And not in any kind of selfish way at all. He's probably one of the most generous people that I've met here. Whether that be doing it in the catacombs or squatting, I actually know people that have stayed with him and who would have otherwise been out on the street I just think it takes a special kind of person and a certain kind of bravery to do that. And that's why I chose Ibrahim uh, as the guest for our first show. Much gratitude to Ibrahim for doing it. Also, a big thanks out to Leah Goodmanson. She's just a great host and great contributor to the show. If you enjoyed it, and I hope you did, Go ahead and find us on, I, on iTunes, uh, Paris Insider Outsiders. Subscribe to us, give us five stars. Or you can find us on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Paris Insider Outsiders. And last but not least, another shout out to Zechariah Funkhauser. He did the theme song for the show. Look him up. You can find his band camp. He's a really talented young guy. That's Zechariah Funkhauser, Zechariah with an E. And last, last but not least, thank you, listener, for listening. I really hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it, it as much as I did doing it. This is Paris Insider Outsiders. Merci beaucoup. A bientôt.